This week on Ridiculously Bored. I took a shot to the so hard. I'm a big fan of anything that's shaped like a banana. You have to clip that to put it in the beginning of an episode. (laughs) Stupid face, your height, your Roy G. Biv that you talked about the other day, your tattoos, your stupid face. Hello there. I'm David Michael. I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. Michael, how's it going? Good, David. Yourself? Oh, fantastic. We are here for episode number nine. Yeah. How was your week? My my week was um, quiet, for for lack of another term. I mean, I was in D.C. looting and rioting Congress last week, but other than that, uh, it's actually been a really quiet week. Oh, you right there. <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, how, how was your week? Because your week involved your... Going to and coming from a nice long drive and kind of a vacation. Yeah. Uh, how was that? We had a 13-hour drive with uh, two dogs, which was interesting. Um, we drove from Arizona to Colorado, and Colorado is one of my favorite states. I'm a big hiker slash skier slash mountain person. So any anytime you get me out in the middle of the mountains, I am at one with nature and extremely happy. So, um, so yeah, so we just, we just went and got an Airbnb in Colorado and then hung out and just explored the, uh, the beautiful state that it is up in the Rocky mountains. So nice. it was, uh, it was a little bit cold. It was about 20 degrees, 20 to 30 degrees colder than Phoenix, which when you think about it, isn't too bad considering that you're going from the desert to Colorado, which is, you know, right. 7,000 where we were staying was like 7,200 elevation. So, and I will tell you this though, we, uh, the Airbnb that we got was, there was a main drag in this town that we were, we were staying at. And then there's a bunch of stores and the Airbnb that we got was on a mountain behind the stores. So we had to walk up, I would say probably the equivalent of three flights of stairs to get there from where we had to park the car. And 7,200 feet, that ain't easy. Well, when we first got there, I'm like, all right, well, it's freezing. So, cause we didn't get there until like eight or nine at night. So, and it was probably 25 degrees um, Fahrenheit. And um, so I'm getting the stuff out of the car and running it up to the door of the Airbnb. Mistake number one. Yeah. So by the time I get to the top step, I literally felt like, and I used to run marathons. I literally felt like I was four miles in to a marathon. And then you get used to it after a couple of days. It's like no big deal, but altitude, uh, is 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 crazy what it does to your lungs so a couple things did you feel altitude sickness at all head spinning stomach spinning things like that no and i've i've done a lot of hiking into high altitude um, mountains mountain ranges and i've not yet fingers crossed have have not yet had experienced altitude sickness and i have i have friends that have and you know nasty headaches and it's it's pretty bad well, you have this this friend who has. I went to Bolivia a few years ago, and Bolivia is kind of that 8,000 feet and up. You can even go higher into the mountains. So when you land at the airport, they actually have like basically 
things on the wall, like you used to have uh, phones on the wall, like in airports. Now they have fucking oxygen things in the Bolivia airport, because as soon as they depressurize the plane, the plane, there's quite a few people that feel altitude sickness right away. So one of the guys from my my firm who went, he all of a sudden he had to take the oxygen. Like he, could, he felt he couldn't breathe. His head was spinning. He thought he was going to throw up. You know, that's some of the effects. Um, for me, I, I just didn't feel good. Like I knew something was wrong. Like my head was spinning. It was that like very faint headache in the background. Stomach was constantly turning. So they have a lot of, um, things that you can take. They have some medicine. Oh, there's the drink of the week showing up. I know people on a podcast can't see it, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, you, you, they have all these different medicines that have this natural cocoa element in it. Uh, cocoa as in. Oh, cacao. So actual yeah. like chocolate yeah. prior to it becoming chocolate. But it's like in everything. It's like in in um, candies, tea, coffee, everything. So you're constantly having it. That helps. I was there for about three days. I made it about a day and a half before I was like, you know what? Let's get science back in the room. And I went to the pharmacist and got some medicine that I could take that actually quelled all the feelings. But yeah, that, I mean, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. And it's so it actually it went away after you took the meds. It settles down. So I equate it to like, I get very seasick, as you know, and when I take the medicine, I still don't feel great, but I don't feel like I got to throw up anymore. Mm. And that's what this medicine did. I still didn't feel great, but my head wasn't pounding and my stomach wasn't doing backflips. Yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I follow a lot of um, like hikers on YouTube. Some There's some some really good hiking videos out there. Um, particularly like I know I'm never going to do Everest because I don't don't have a death wish, but um, cause just too many things outside of your control can happen and you could, I mean, die. Um, but Kilimanjaro has always been a mountain that I've wanted to climb. And I think it goes up to like 18,000 feet. Uh, some, someone's gonna have to fact check me on that, but Kilimanjaro and it's a, it's a multi-day, um, it's no, it's a multi-week hike. Cause you have to, once you get there, you have to acclimatize and then you have to do some, you know, you have to go through the base and then you go through all the different ecosystems and then you get to the top at the end. Anyways, one of the hikers that I follow, he does these beautiful like YouTube videos. He has a drone and brings really nice camera gear and and, and just films it. And it looks fantastic. Um, he did Kilimanjaro and I'm super excited to watch this episode. He actually didn't, he didn't summit because he got altitude sickness and this guy had done like, you know, dozens and dozens of mountains. And for some reason, once he got into that kind of that high zone, he just could not, he couldn't finish. So they had to rush him down the mountain. So someone like yourself being as fit as you are watching hiking videos, that seems okay to me. Fat guy like me watching, that just seems sad. <laughs> That's like living vicariously through people who are climbing the mountains. It has a, has a hint of sad to it. <laughs> I just, I like the cinematography. I like just, I just, it puts me, it's one of those things where like I'm on my computer and I'm working there's no talking. There's there's just music and like really cool imagery. So I just put it on my my monitor and then I'll just kind of like do my work. And then every once in a while I'll look over and it's just kind of relaxing. So it's my Zen. Yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, Colorado trip was fantastic. We had a great time. I think we got as high as like 10,000 feet in some areas where we were, but it wasn't like, you know, we didn't go hiking. We didn't go climb a mountain. It was too cold. Uh, even the lake that was in front of the, um, the town, that we were staying at was completely frozen over. People were like ice fishing and ice skating on it. So um, I did take my dogs out on the lake because I thought it would be kind of funny just to see them try and stand up. And it was actually pretty funny. 
So did you used to do that when we were kids? Did you go ice skating on I think probably Hudson Park or wherever we used to go? Did you do that as a kid? So um, I have a really bad, it's funny you should ask, Michael. <laughs> and this was not planned. Um, you went to New Rochelle High School. Yes. Um, New Rochelle High School's lakes had two lakes in front of it. Um, they would freeze over occasionally mm -hmm. in the winter. It would get cold enough and they would freeze over. Uh, me and my buddies would actually try and play hockey on the lakes. And um, one of my first times playing hockey on the lakes, I borrowed my friend and I had uh, same foot size. So he lent me his, uh, his like old pair of ice skates. And then I decided that I was going to be goalie because I just thought I was athletic enough to be goalie. And I had watched enough hockey games to, to, you know, be like, Oh yeah, that's easy what they do. Right. Yeah. That, um, that's the way to train. Watch a few hockey sports. Yes. So I took a shot to the nuts so hard <laughs> that it put me out for about a week to a week and a half. Um, I didn't have a cup, wasn't wearing any other protection other than the makeshift goalie pads that they had and the goalie stick. That was it. Oh, I, I did have a, a helmet with a face mask. Other than that, I didn't have like the catcher's, you know, uh, chest plate that like blocks it. I took a shot right to the groin and was down for the count. Is this the first appearance of David's nuts in these episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. Um, so, but like, look back at episode five called the Happy Sack Monologues if you want to hear more about Mike's nuts. <laughs> um, it'll be worth your while. Um, so, like we used to go to Hudson Park and we used to go on the ice all the time. I would I like it's funny as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. Parents put you out there, you would skate. I wouldn't feel comfortable bringing my kids on the ice now like that. This ice. Um, so before we stepped out on the ice, I was watching the ice fishermen that were out there and they, br they bring these big gas powered drills mm -hmm. that are like, I don't know. I want to say that the spirals on the drills that drill these round holes into the ice are like, probably eight to 10 inches in diameter. So these massive, like, they look like a big corkscrew, right? Bonkers. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. Is that, that that's the or, official or, name? Or its name. <laughs> or, or whatever you want to call it. Big corkscrew, <laughs> electric corkscrew. Anyways, they're drilling. And so I'm watching the guy and I'm like, all right, I'm going to see how deep the blade goes. And these blades were like five feet. Oh, tall, well, that's right? fair enough. You're watching the guy. You're seeing how far he has to go. When he's pushing down, when it gives, and he finally, it looks like he's broke the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, if I had to guess, the ice was about three feet thick. Yeah, that, that's all right. Like, if I yeah. saw somebody doing that as well, that might change my view of it. But without having watched somebody do it, like, you have no idea how, how deep it is. And I, I would yeah, I mean, the kids on he it. was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and the blade got, like, halfway in, and then it kind of broke to where you're like, all right, so that's that's roughly how how deep the ice is. I mean, three feet thick, that's pretty damn thick. You're not, even if that thing cracks, you, it ain't going nowhere. I mean, you're, you're, you're fine. I agree. Um, so I want to talk about some questions from previous episode that came up. Specifically one that's targeted. I have none. I want to know what the one that's targeted at me. <laughs> Go ahead. So what Michael is referring to is we have episode notes where we both kind of, uh, we share it and we put our own little notes on so that when we're actually doing the episode, we have a reference. Um, so I, I had a member of my family ask why Michael is always so mean to me on the show. Yeah. And Michael, so, care to well, 
a couple things. One, um, I hope I got this quote right. Dan Levitard always says that ridicule is the language of love for males. So that's one thing. The I second feel so thing, honored and loved. Yeah. The second thing is do better. <laughs> I will have to be. <laughs> You're bringing it on yourself. I, I will tell you this. Um, Mike and I have known each other for over 40 years and Mike, Mike's the only friend I've ever had where I can not see you for, I mean, a year, right? And then you and I are all of a sudden in the same room, and it's almost like we we never skipped a beat. Like, right. the, the conversation and how we treat each other is the same no matter how far apart we are. So I will say that most people don't understand how well we know each other and how well we like to push each other's buttons. Well, that's the big thing. I think there are times when you and I are saying specifically something that we're no, we're pushing the buttons and we're turning the needle a little bit. We know that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So um, to, to the, the family member that asked that question uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's all in good. It's all in good fun, all in good nature. Um, notice I never get mad at him for it. Uh, it's just, you know, it's funny. I think it's funny. It's how, it's how we show affection. Yeah. And to that family member, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, right. other thing, the other thing that I thought was interesting was, so as we always use nicknames for people, right? We try not to say their names. One person, Chris, I don't mind saying his name, outed himself as the artist on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, in our comment sections, he outed himself as the artist. So I, if I remember, I'll say Chris going forward, but that's the guy I was referring to as the artist. So he's out at himself. You know, the funny thing about that is one of my other friends said, oh, look, I don't give a shit if you use my name. So I said, all right, then I'm going to use your name. And he said, wait a minute, are you going to tell this story? And I said, yeah, I'll probably tell that story eventually. You can't use my name. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can't pick and choose. I'm like, I have to be able to refer to you as something for everything, whether it's good, bad, yeah, uh, shady, whatever it is. Yeah. So, so uh, and if anyone goes back to, gosh, I think it was episode two, we were telling a story about a friend and Mike and I got through the entire episode. And when I was actually editing the episode, I went, you know what? If people don't understand the context of that nickname, they might get offended. Right. So we had to actually, so I, we talked about it and I went back and I bleeped it out. And I think I put El Wobble. In, in uh, as a voiceover, anytime we said that nickname, because I wanted to make sure that we didn't we didn't offend anybody. Um, yeah, which th that alone has been a big hit. That using the El Guapo to cover the person's original nickname. <laughs> um, we've since so, tailored his nickname to a more friendly one, so we'll just leave it at that. Have we? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I don't. I don't know what it is. What is it? El Guapo. <laughs> oh, all right. So it's just El Guapo, which I, just I, means I, handsome. So nobody can get upset at that. Literally, it means the handsome. Yeah, which is ironic considering what he looks like. I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Again, there's Mike showing love. Yes. So uh, if you've ever been insulted by Michael, it just means he loves you. Yes. Unless you're a uh, dick, then I mean you're a dick. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so the, the, the other question, let me let me yeah. talk about that one real quick. Um, so I mentioned the McAllen uh, 40 or the McAllen 50, both of which I believe exist. Um, and, and someone correctly pointed out that I, that I mistakenly referred to it as bourbon. Uh, it is not bourbon. It is whiskey. However, for all you bourbon, whiskey, scotch, and rye snobs, they're the same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. The only difference 
between whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and in some cases, rye is maybe a minute thing in the process of uh, the uh, distillation of it. But bourbon has to come from the state of Kentucky. Right. And doesn't whiskey need to come from you know, whiskey? Scotland? Whiskey is basically everything else. Um, oh, Scotch although Scotland, uh, Scotch is specifically from Scotland. Yeah, it's yeah. from Scotland. Uh, but bourbon. Well, I wouldn't mind uh, if you edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Uh, so yeah, so so bourbon, um, and if you actually do the research, which I did, you can find out that. About 95% of all bourbons are made in Kentucky. There are actually a few uh, companies that have said, fuck you, it's not made in Kentucky. We're still calling it bourbon. Too bad, so sad. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a rule, but not everybody follows it. But yeah, bourbon, whiskey, scotch, for the most part, are the same thing. I will tell you this. Um, scotch tends to have a more, sm uh, well, some scotches tend to have a little bit more smoky flavor than um, some bourbons and whiskeys, but um, I am not an expert on alcohol or any of that stuff. But um, when it came up, I did do a little bit of research and wanted to make sure that uh, <laughs> we at least acknowledge the fact that uh, I did call McAllen a uh, bourbon when it's actually a whiskey because it is not made in Kentucky. So question, when you were saying earlier, it's the same fucking thing. Are you sure it's said, why is Michael so mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just, just out of curiosity, I just wanted to make sure. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Right. Speaking of alcohol, yeah. let's talk drink about of the week. Favorite drink of the week, and we still don't have a theme song for that. So, um, but I mean, I'm crying because I was laughing so hard at that last one. All right, so this—I don't know what to call this because I made it up. But when I was in Colorado, um, we went to this little curio shop, and they had something called. Let's see if we can get the camera to focus on it. Jackson Morgan, Jackson Morgan, Southern Cream, Banana Pudding Cream. Oh my God. Liqueur. Liqueur. So it's 30% alcohol. It's Banana Pudding Cream Liqueur, which I'm a big fan of banana. So I pretty much try anything that has banana in it. You so have like, to clip that to put it in the beginning of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of anything that's shaped like a banana. And anyways, I like bananas. I like coconut. Um, so anything, any kind of alcohol that's banana flavored is right up my alley. So I mixed that with one of my favorite rums from, uh, St. Martin. Let's see if we can get the camera to focus. It what is, is it, uh, yes, I, I don't even know how to say that, but it's, it's a rum that I bought in, um, this one was bought in St. Kitts, but, um, I've also been to St. Martin and they had the exact same rum. So it's kind of like a, a rum that's just available on any of the, um, the territories that are out there in the, yeah, in the Caribbean. Fresh. Yeah. So, but it is a banana liqueur and there's actually a big freaking banana in there. It actually oh. looks disgusting because it's like the banana has been sitting in rum for the last, I don't know. For those who can't many... see it, it literally looks like a shit log at the bottom of the <laughs> drink. Uh, so that's an image you don't want to see. Um, anyway, I, on the other hand, once again, my water in my Boba Fett Cantina, plus a beverage, uh, Diet Coke, got, maybe uh, Diet Pepsi. It's a good vintage. So. <laughs> um, but when I do drink, I would drink something like that, like a flavored oh, drink that it, is, it takes amazing. away the burn. That's the thing I, I can't, I don't appreciate it. I just don't. This tastes like, um, 
I can't even just it, it ta- it's not banana pudding because I think they were overselling that a little bit, but it's 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 almost like a banana slash uh, rice pudding type. It almost tastes like the uh, what did I have on a few episodes? Uh, the um, rum chata. Mm-hmm. So it's almost got a rum chata flavor to it, but it's it's heavily banana because there's banana in the liqueur and in the rum. But oh man, it is so good. Yes, Great. very very good. Anyways, that's the uh, that's the drink of the week. All right. So from the drink of the week, let's go to the meal of the week, right? Last episode, we teased what is the best meal experience you ever had. Do you want me to go first or you want to go? How many do you have? One or two? Uh, I just have one. All right. I'll go. Then uh, we'll sandwich them because I have two. So um, I have I have one that is very nostalgic. And it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it was one of my... Uh, well, I shouldn't say favorite or best, right? I should say memorable because... When you posed this last week, I spent the whole week going, well, shit, like, I can't think of one. And then I went back and said, well, you know what? These these are the ones that come to mind. There, there wasn't the best food, but it was the best overall or me- most memorable experience. Yeah, and that's, why, right? that's why I didn't say the best meal you ever had, right? That's a different story, right? I just meant the experience. So, and I don't even think around. I could tell you. I've had so many good meals. I don't think I could really just point one out and say, hey, this is the best meal that I've ever had. But your but, wife's are, and I needed a list, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Honey, I apologize for my He's an asshole sometimes. He said I was mean. I hope he it was, was you. Was it you? If it was you, you deserved it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Anyways, uh, I can't remember if it was for my wife's birthday or our anniversary. I think it was close to my wife's birthday. Um, my wife's a big fan. Um, she's a big foodie, just like I am. But she's more into, like, the actual chefs. And, like, she she follows the chefs. And her dad was a chef so or is a chef. So she's very much into that whole culture. Okay. And one of her favorite chefs is um, Scott Conant. And um, he's got restaurants. He has books. He's been on, you know, on the Food Network, on, gosh, all the, the shows. Um, He's one of the judges on Chop once in a while. I believe, one of the judges right? on Chops. I think he was on Iron Chef. Anyways, super cool guy, super um, great chef. Uh, he's got an Italian restaurant in uh, in Phoenix called Mora Italian. Okay. And it's one of our favorite Italian places to go to. Anyways, I found out that he was actually going to be preparing a meal there. And there were a limited number of seats. And I think there was only like 20 or 30 seats available. And so I was able to to work some connections and get us in. And it was pretty expensive too. But I was able to get us in. And he was preparing the entire... Obviously, he had sous chefs and stuff like that. But he put the menu together. He picked out the ingredients. And he helped prepare the meal. And he served the meal. And came to our table and talked to us. And... We were shooting the shit for a couple of minutes and we took pictures with them. Like it was probably one of the coolest experiences for me. And I'm not even that much of a fan, but for my wife, who's a huge fan of his, um, it was it was probably one of a pretty phenomenal experience. I mean, she'll have to tell you. She says she had a great time, but well, also like <clears throat> we don't we don't obviously we're not around celebrities and famous people a lot. So your only view on them is the few minutes you if you happen to stumble across them in real life, the few minutes that you're with them and obviously what you see on TV. Right. And TV sometimes will give you a skewed view, but it is based on that brief experience. And so like somebody like George Foreman, who I met once in Vegas, 
he was out with his kids. Is this your meal? He took out no. his grill and made your hamburger. <laughs> that is not my meal. Um, <laughs> though I have made plenty of meals on that in the old days, but no, that's not my meal. Um, and like I went up to him and I said, hello. And I said, can I get an autograph? And he said, look, I'm with my kids. I don't I don't sign when I'm with my kids. But thanks way, for being a fan. George. Yeah. And the girl's named Georgetta, I believe. So it's George the second, George the third, George the fourth, George the fifth. And the girl's named Georgetta. Talk about so he's a like, look, egomaniac. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's great, though, right? Um, <laughs> so he said, look, I don't I don't take picture. I don't sign. I don't take pictures when I'm with my kids. So he's like, but let me shake your hand. Thanks for being a fan. And, you know, I wish you the best. So, again, I didn't even get what I went up to him to get. But I left with like, hey, that's a pretty good guy. Like he wasn't like he wasn't a dick about it. Wasn't like I'm with my kids. Get away from me. Like it was in hindsight, I probably in as you know, we probably shouldn't have went, I shouldn't have went up to him when he was with his kids, but right. you get this moment, you know, you're never going to see him again. So you take it. And I thought it was handled very well, even with in essence, a no. And as we all know, I don't take no very well. So I think, I think that went pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. So that, that was one of my most memorable meal experiences, particularly because one, the food was fantastic, but two, he was just an awesome down to earth dude and had no problems coming up to our table chatting with us, you know, take pictures, just like shooting the shit for like five, 10 minutes. It was awesome. That's great. That's great. Um, so for mine, I'm going to talk about mine a little bit. So it was when I was in Australia, it was 2005, 2006, and it was a place called the dark side. So that's the name of the restaurant. We had heard about it. So we knew what kind of restaurant it was. Um, my wife came with me. She wasn't my wife at the time, but my wife and I went. And so it's a restaurant, a little background. It was created by a Swiss blind person. Uh, don't know if it was a chef or not, but it was a Swiss blind person. And what he did was he wanted to create an experience, in essence, for you to understand what it's like to be blind. And so the restaurant was on the second floor of a hotel. They used one of the ballrooms. And so you go up, you, you check in, you can either decide, hey, I want this for my meal or truly enjoy the experience and it's like, fuck it, I'll take the mystery menu, just bring out whatever you want. And so they they line you up, they walk you in, you go through these couple curtains, kind of like you would a haunted house, I guess, right? You go through a couple curtains, curtains so it gets darker and darker. Now you can't see anything. And the people walking you in are wearing night vision. All the waiters are wearing night vision. And so they sit you at a table. You have no idea how many people are in there or aren't. They sit you at a table. They talk to you. They start bringing you your food. And they, they come over once in a while and talk you through things. Um, they'll say things like, uh, you still have some meat left on your plate or, um, your drinks almost empty. Do you want any more? So it was just such a unique experience and mm -hmm. it was juggling both. It ended up making me have to eat with my hands, believe it or not, me of all people, uh, the guy. Yeah, Cause you want to know what it is you're putting in your mouth and you yeah. can't do that with a fork and a knife. Well, I also, you can't even tell if it's on the fork, right? right really? Yeah. So, um, so if you know you want to hear about what I'm like and why I wear gloves, you can listen to an earlier episode. But so I was I had to use my hands to be able to eat. And then when at one point during the meal, another family walked in and they were joking that they were so ugly, they were only allowed to eat in dark restaurants, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Um, so we finished eating. And while I hate to admit it, the line of the night goes to my wife, who turned to me and said, do I have anything in my teeth? 
which I thought was hilarious because you can't say shit. <laughs> right. So I, and I hate having to say she had the line of the night. So uh, when the meal was over, they walked us out and it was just such an amazing experience. And I don't remember what the food was like. I don't remember what it tasted like. I don't remember if I was like daredevil all of a sudden that all my other senses were heightened because I couldn't see, but it just was, it was an awesome experience. And so, yeah, cool. yeah and I that, bet that's mine. I mean, because they removed one of your senses, typically they say that that heightens your other mm -hmm. senses. So I got to imagine your sense of taste and smell were a little bit heightened in that environment. Was the food remarkably good or better or? Food was ordinary. Like, I don't remember anything super special about it. I don't remember it being really good or really bad. The experience was what far and away won the day. That's cool. So, and if anybody's interested in going, it's closed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the because pandemic. The, well, the pro no, in general, the problem is it's a like we went once, like you're not really going to do that again. Yeah, that's true. You just fucking blind yourself at home, blindfold yourself at home if you want to experience <laughs> that again. And it was expensive. So, that's the other thing. Like, because you're paying for the experience, it was let's say two hundred dollar meal for seventy five dollars worth of a meal type thing. Right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before about food shows and stuff like that. Have you ever played like Chopped, like at home with like your kids and your wife? We haven't played Chopped at home, unless that's some sexual thing you're trying to talk about, which I don't. I don't uh, understand. God, I would. Could, would you really want to play anything sexual with Called Chopped as the title? I don't, I don't think so. No, Lorraine Bobbitt. Uh, comes yeah, to that, that's only going to end bad for you. Yeah, for all the younger people listening to the Google her, it does not end well for a husband. We're in a Bobbitt, yeah, and yeah. John Wayne Bobbitt. Although, don't Google him; you might get some uh, some a movie that he was in after the the uh, the event happened. <laughs> it wasn't an um, adult film. No, so we've never done like a chopped type game at home. We have done um, Minute to Win It. We went to my friend Secret Agent Man's house. They played it where we had four families there. Actually, obviously, a couple of years ago before the pandemic. It's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, we had four families and we were going through the games and that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, so we so the, the if if you don't know what chopped is, the whole premise is you get a basket of like three or four items and you have to create a meal from it. And typically the items don't go together. They're typically on opposite ends of the food spectrum and sometimes they're even disgusting and you have to make a a good meal out of it. But I've uh, we've done it a couple of times and it's actually really fun where like one time, you know, my daughter um, had a friend over and my son had a friend over and they were each teams. And then we played chopped where they each had a basket and I went to the store and I just picked out like not random items, but you pick out like a protein, uh, a carb and, you know, something that's a little bit off. And then you kind of mix or like a vegetable or something like that. And then you say, all right, you have to make a meal out of this. And typically you do like you do an appetizer, you do an entree and then you do a dessert. So there's like three rounds of it. And it's actually fun as hell i will tell you this though um the dessert round that i remember my son doing with his friend was it had ice cream in it but they had put so much stuff in it <laughs> that by the time it was all done it was a big gray mess like there were so many colors in it that they all mixed together and just it came out gray and it tasted absolutely disgusting. You got to nickname that the kitchen game. sink. That's what you have to call that. Basically is what it was. But, you know, they were a little bit younger, didn't really know what they were doing. But it was kind of it was a fun game. Anyways, I highly recommend it. Back to the story. So you said you have one other place that you said was a, a meal um, experience. It's just like I said, I was just thinking of this and I'm like, all right, well, there's two, you know, two 
two kind of meals that that I remember. And the one that I remember was I was in high school and um, the gal that I was dating at the time, her parents took us both to um, this place called the Medieval Times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. And I haven't seen any of these. They did have some variant of it in Arizona, but I haven't really seen these in a while. But anyways, you're in, you're basically thrown back into like, if you've ever been to like a Renaissance festival, you're basically thrown back into the, you know, medieval times and you're in a castle and there's a jousting tournament and, you know, you're, you're a, a spectator and they serve you like these big, like massive chicken wings where you basically... You, you know it's a it almost looks like a dinosaur leg you're like eating off of it from the flintstones or something like that but it was just a fun experience because it was so different there's no utensils like you eat with your hands and you get a big goblet filled with a drink and it was it was a cool experience that was like one of the other times where um you know i can remember a meal being more than just a meal it was something where i go oh, you know what that was kind of fun i wouldn't mind doing that with my kids yeah, and and you mentioned the key word of why I've never tried it. I actually have had opportunities. Could you to eat go. with your hands? <laughs> Could you eat with your hands? I knew it in advance, and I'm like, that's a no. <laughs> you can I'm bring like, it. Yeah, and my understanding is you can actually ask for utensils if you wanted to. But mm. anyway, that was pretty good. So yeah, so that was it. Um, so that that was uh, that. Those were my two experiences. But I, I got to ask, switching the subject a little bit, have you been paying attention at all to what's been going on? in the media and in the news in the last couple of weeks? Well, I, I joked about the Congress thing. Obviously, that's taken over a lot of the media. But in relation to a lot of other things, I, I personally don't I don't like to watch the news. I like to read the news. And the reason being, I can read a little bit. If I don't like what it is or what's happening, I can just move to the next thing. Yeah. While the news, it's always this person shot this person. This person's cheating. This person did this. So, yeah, no. Well, do they current... sensationalize it, right? They pick only the ones that are going to, they only have 30 minutes to tell you the news. They're going to pick the stories that they right. think are going to get the most views. Unfortunately, that's, you know, it's kind of what, what news has become in this day and age. But um, I don't want to get on a soapbox about that. I also only read news. I try to stay away from television stations and stuff like that. And I very specifically read news from multiple outlets. Um, I make sure that I get my news from other countries too, like, you know, the UK, Australia, um, mm -hmm. the Middle East even. I'm very interested in what other countries and how other countries perceive the United States. So um, so I like, I like to get my news from various sources. Yeah. But one of the things that has kind of been super, super top of the, the news, at least in certain circles, is this whole... Q anon conspiracy theory stuff. I don't even know what to call it because it's it's I don't want to call it news because it's it's not none of it's really happened, but it's stuff that could theoretically happen or is supposed to happen. And it's almost like Nostradamus, like the predictions of like the future. So yep. is this what is it, QAnon? QAnon. So is that the app that you watch with eight minute increments that just went bankrupt? No, that's Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's 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 an interesting story. So first and foremost, so I typically stay away from conspiracy theory stuff, right? Because well, it's a slippery by slope too. Yeah, oh, it's a total slippery slope. And by definition, 
a theory is something that can neither be proven right nor proven wrong, right? right. It's a theory. It's not a mm -hmm. fact. And we know it not to be false because you can't prove it wrong, but right. it doesn't necessarily make it true. Correct. So I don't want to call it a half truth because I don't think that's doing it justice because some theories do um, turn out to be um, facts. Uh, Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, it's still a theory, but it's the leading theory on kind of the beginnings of the universe and and all, you know, basically all the things that that kind of make us what we are, right? Right. Unlike gravity, which isn't a theory, it's the law. It's, it is a law of gravity. That's right. <laughs> oh, fun so, with science. Uh, by the way, I hear Congress is going to uh, repeal the law of gravity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all so, my teachers, when I dropped out of high school, would be so proud of me of making a uh, gravity law joke. So, um, so a a colleague of mine who I held I hold in in very high regard um, had kind of sent me some text messages saying like, "Hey, are you?" you know, are you aware of what's going on? There's a bunch of things that are going to happen. I need you to take your family and stay out of major cities in the next few days. And it's, it's while all, you're driving to Colorado. While I'm driving home from Colorado, right? I'm right. like, I'm driving from one major city to another. <laughs> like, what is going on? So um, you know me well enough to know that I just give me the facts. Don't tell me mm -hmm. what your opinion is. Let me kind of formulate my own and just give me the facts. So, um, so they, they send me a bunch of links and stuff like that. So, um, as soon as I get home, I'm like, all right, I got to research this shit just to make sure like what's going on. So, um, so I'm going to keep this as non opinionated as possible. I'm just going to state what is right. Okay. So QAnon, and this is, this is a, a textbook definition that I pulled from various sources. Cause I didn't want to be labeled, Hey, the source you pulled it from is, uh, you know, is incorrect. I pulled it from various sources and they all said the same thing. Okay. QAnon is a conspiracy theory alleging that a cabal of Satan worshiping cannibalistic pedophiles is running a global child sex trafficking ring and plotting against the United States of America. Participants include famous Hollywood actors, high ranking government officials, Barack Obama, specifically Hillary Clinton or the Clintons, and George Soros, who is a who's a major uh, donor to uh, liberal, um, like I wouldn't say extreme left, but you know leftist type party stuff. You know he's a he's a big Democrat with a ton of money, and he donates a lot to it. So um, so immediately reading that definition, I'm like, okay, so this is kind of right wingish, right? Because they're calling out all basically left-wing participants. So um, I'm not taking a stance on this, but when I read that, my first thought is, that's fucking funny as hell, <laughs> right? So when you read it, my first thought was, how do I distance myself from David? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so first of all, a cabal is like a group of like-minded individuals, typically... Um, it's usually used with a negative connotation. Used with a negative context, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so immediately, it's kind of attacking one side, and um, you know, Michael and I always try to keep this show as non-political as possible, and and we're not going to change that. Um, but when I see stuff like this, I kind of immediately get thrown on the defensive as to, okay, well, where's where's the proof, right? Show me the facts. I want to see the sources. 
So if you dig deeper into this QAnon, you realize that it's one or multiple persons posting anonymously on various internet forums under the name of Q or QAnon, or there's, there was a bunch of different names that they had at, at any given point in time. By the way, this, this stuff has been going on for years. Some of this stuff dates back to like 2003. Um, so it's not new. Um, it's been kind of sitting out there on the internet and, and gaining momentum um, for, for quite some time now. But um, the only thing we know about this Q person is that they are supposedly a high-ranking official with uh, Q-level security clearance, which if what you- What the hell is Q-level security? It, it has a specific meaning in a government context. I, I At this point, I kind of gave up and said, all right, so the source of most of this information is someone who's basically not willing to say who they are. Because, and the theory being that if if we knew, then they would get in trouble or potentially killed or whatever. But the problem that I have with this stuff is the, I mean, this is a, a rabbit hole of shit because you can't prove it false, but you can't prove it true. Um, they keep saying that they're going to release all of this damning information and evidence and, and this, this person that I've been, been speaking with about it has said, it's a, it's a matter of hours, you know, um, so-and-so is going to come on the news and they're going to unveil everything. And then hours pass and nothing happens. And then it's like, all right, you know what? Uh, they had to cancel it because of, of so-and-so. Bad weather. So, yeah, that is something, right? And there's always, an, there's always a reason why it gets canceled. And so now three days in a row, it has gotten canceled and keeps getting canceled, right? So at this point, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me now? Like, how, how far are we going to go down before you kind of say, all right, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Or if it is, great, I want to believe it. But I like, show me the facts. Like, I've never been a person that can just take, because so-and-so said it, it has to be true. And, and here are all of their credentials. You know, we have people questioning high-level virologists in this country as to whether or not COVID is, is a real thing, right? So someone who spent their entire life devoted to viruses tells you one thing, and, and we, have, we have Facebook warriors that are saying, well, he's, he's not true. That's not true. That's all BS, right? So, um, but you're going to take at face value this person who nobody knows who it is, but says that I have this information and it's going to come out and it's all going to be true. And it's just, I, I, I wonder as a country, how do you fight something that cannot be proven true or false? Right. And so because of that, and because of that piece of information, and because this is a, a heavy or unique topic, I have a conspiracy theory that we should move on to one crazy question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll let that one lie. All right. So one crazy question, which this week's is from David. Um, <laughs> David chose it. I don't know when, but I, I noticed it. As David mentioned, we keep a little list. And actually, you'd be surprised. The the listing that we keep to talk about the episode is is pretty basic. That's we list any point. yeah, we list any questions that came up just so that both of us know what they are. We list the carryover item from the week before. We list we issue we 
we list the one crazy question. Um, and then we sometimes put at the bottom what's for next episode. And not much else. So there's not like there's a lot in here. Um, but one of the things I noticed is, would you like to ask the question or would you like me to? You I'll can ask, ask the question. Go ahead. Because you'll get to go first with the answer. I thought this was fun. And I feel confident enough in our relationship that you're not going to completely shit on me in front of all of our friends and family and listeners. Don't now, bet anyone you, on that. You may well be about to prove me wrong on this. So we're going to find out. <laughs> The question is, what is one thing that you do not like about me? So a couple of things. I, I'm upset that you're limiting it to one. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. Two, I, I think, and I told you this after I read it earlier, the mistake you made, I think, was giving me more time to think through some wise ass and some jokes and stuff. <laughs> so the problem is, you know, having to decide between one thing, uh, you know, I want to talk about your stupid face, your height, your Roy G. Biv that you talked about the other day, <laughs> your tattoos, your stupid face, um, your sense of humor. There's so many things I could talk about. But no, honestly, um, the the one thing that I don't like about you or me, as you said, is that you actually stayed in Arizona after school. Yeah. You know, we had plans to move in together, which, look, it ended up working out for everybody, obviously. But the one thing is um, El Guapo ended up he knew that you were coming back. He knew that that was kind of the plan. Mm -hmm. And then when he heard you weren't anymore, um, which I still actually, you know, and I, I've never I don't think I've ever said this to you. Girl swooping in on another man's or a, a, another another girl's guy. Right. <laughs> the the, the the uh, body wasn't cold yet. Um, I don't think I've ever said this to you, but that actually was one of the sadder days growing up yeah. that you actually called and was like, speaking of a girl, you're like, yeah, I met somebody, you know, I know, you, yeah. I mean, and I knew at the time you were dating somebody you're like, I'm going to stay out here. Um, so that's the one thing that I don't like about you. No, in, that, in, that, that's pretty fair. Um, yeah. And so we've actually never talked about this. So let mm -hmm. me come clean about that. Um I've always been a really shitty communicator, especially when the message is going to be received poorly or, you know, it's, it's not a fun conversation. Um, so Mike and I always had a plan that when I was done with college, I was going to move back to New York and we were going to live together until we, you know, established our lives and, and met people. Um, as it just so happens in college. Wait, I, I thought it was forever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I never thought it was forever, ever. <laughs> and by the way, this is going to lead perfectly into one thing that I do not like about you and potentially the reason why I didn't want to come back to New York. Um, so, so I, I met, I met my first wife and, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you meet someone, you fall in love and, oh shit. All right. Uh, guess what? Things are going to change. So I don't regret, um, that what I do regret is not telling you in a more like i don't i don't i think i always kind of skirted it i don't and i don't think I, I ever said like hey mike i'm not moving back i think i just said hey mike guess what i think i'm gonna get engaged <laughs> like you know it, it wasn't uh it, you know i kind of like just brushed aside the the plans that we had been making since we were five <laughs> well at least the good thing is that you're still with her oh wait <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you're anyway. right. I am the mean one. 
so I will fully take that one on the chin. I did not do a good job of uh, of uh, of communicating that. And yeah, so the marriage didn't last. So <laughs> a couple wins. Um, well, you kept me though, so that's a, that's a win. <laughs> All right. So what is the one thing you don't like about me? So um, the one thing I don't like about you actually isn't your fault, but growing up with someone and spending 40 years of your life with them, and granted, you know, we've been, we haven't been living together for the last 20 or 30 years, but, you know, we do spend a lot of time when we are together. It's like we're together 24 hours a day, seven days. Mm -hmm. Like when we go on vacation, we're inseparable. And even when I go and like visit you and your family or you go and visit me, we're together all the time right there's no break there's no someone's yeah. going to work and it's we're together 24 7 yeah and, and if we're going to see your family we both go if we're doing something with my family we both oh, go 100 yeah. right so we we maximize the quality of the time that we are together because it's so rare that we are together and when you spend that much time with anyone you start to get you start to remember things and like how, how much you miss them how much you love no. them Nope. No, you start to remember what they smell like. <laughs> and I think it was, our, we went our entire childhood without knowing that you were lactose intolerant. Correct. As Chris Rock says it best, poor people aren't allergic to milk. <laughs> <laughs> you got what you could and that was it. So I just thought you had a smelly ass. <laughs> And so much so that I would, you know, people do like a blind taste test. Oh, I would do a blind smell test. You can't say a blind taste test after talking about my ass. <laughs> you got to reword that. You got to think through what you're going to say. But if I were, if, if you and I had been apart for five years and all of a sudden someone were to stick me in a room that you had just left and had passed gas in it. I would be able, I would, I would with 100% accuracy go, holy fuck, Mike was just here. That's well, how I don't, I don't know what the definition of love is, but I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I don't like about you, uh, Michael Carter, is, uh, is your scent <laughs> that you leave behind. So, you know, what's funny about that, though, is when I know my farting bothers somebody, it makes me want to do it more. <laughs> so as an example, in Australia, we used to have a weekly card game. And as you know, from you've had weekly card games, it's very mm -hmm. difficult to keep those up. Mm -hmm. Right. Eventually they fall apart. But in Australia, we had a, uh, a kind of a moment of greatness where. There was a lot of us who came from overseas and a lot of us who played cards. And we were able to establish a card game, weekly card game, basically for my whole two years that I was there. And there was one guy um, who was from the UK originally, and he hated when people would fart like when we were playing. So what I did was one of the weeks, I actually intentionally ate about three or four cans of beans <laughs> earlier in the day oh, to just blast him the whole night that he was there and he kept going on and on about how stinky it was he couldn't believe it what are you doing and then at the end i actually told him i'm like i know how much it bothers you so just so you know i did this i ate a couple cans of beans he started laughing and started applauding and he's like i gotta be honest that's fucking brilliant he's like the fact that you went to such an effort to do that he's like that's amazing to me 
<laughs> I gotta tell you right now, hearing you tell that story, I could almost smell it as if I was there. On your tongue? I'm, I'm truly grossed out right now. Truly really gross. Oh shit. That's great. <laughs> uh, All right. Tell me tell me something funny, will you? All right. Joke vault. Once again from my intern letterhead. My internship. Parents, so this one is the, on. the end. We, got, we have to remember that not everybody listens to every episode, and sometimes okay. we get new listeners. Right, well, those, those, those people who don't listen to every episode, I'm not a fan of theirs, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Please. All right, so when I was younger and I was about 20 to 25-ish, I had uh, dreams and aspirations of being a stand-up comedian. Problem was at the time I had a yeah, the problem at the time was I had a pretty good job. It was paying well, so I never took the next step. But what I was doing in the meantime was I was actually writing down thoughts, one-liners, little stories that I kept putting an envelope somewhere, in essence, quote unquote, lost them for 15, 20 years. Um, when we were moving out of our old house, I stumbled across this and it had a bunch of stuff. And I can I know it's from the early 90s, but even more so to solidify it, I actually have within this package was the death notice for Kurt Cobain. So that puts it at around 94 at the at, yeah. at time frame. So what we've been doing every episode, I've been digging through them. I've been pulling one out and reading them, and we're calling it the joke vault. So this one, I think it's actually exceptionally not hilariously funny, but funny that it actually ends in a true statement. So bear that in mind when I'm reading this. Parents tell you things using scare tactics. Wait 30 minutes after eating to go swimming. First of all, does anyone know of anyone who's drowned, let alone drowned after a big lunch? Or they used to say, don't play with matches, you will start a fire. Does anyone know who, actually, wait a minute, that's true. I accidentally burned down 20% of my uncle's garage once. (laughs) That's a true story. I I remember that story. Yeah, we're playing with matches. You're going to have to tell that story in a a future episode for sure. I don't think I've heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's actually the whole episode. I was playing with matches. This is garage going on fire. (laughs) What else do you want me to say? (laughs) Um, So what are we doing next week? uh, Next week, so in episode eight, we put a challenge in there (laughs) that as – as you found out at the end of the episode, I was actually hiding hat references the whole episode because somebody specifically asked me, why does David wear hats every episode? Is he bald? And by the way, you would need to be watching this on YouTube in order to know that, obviously. So if you're listening oh, geez, to like my old jokes, you're pointing out every time. Matt's got to go left and right. If you're only listening to this on a podcast, it doesn't make sense. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so we've, we're hoping to have a guest appearance on the next episode because you gave out a challenge was the person who could get the most of these hidden references we'd have on next week as a guest. Right. So we just released that episode to the public today, mm-hmm. actually. So we record these a little bit before we release them. So we don't know who that person will be yet. But uh, our hope is that we have somebody within the next five days before we record the next episode. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be that girl who I tried to erase her from my existence. That would be amazing. Let her give her side of the story. <laughs> oh, man. I might actually I might actually search that one out. 
How fucking funny would that be? Oh, I'm not going to tell you too. It'll be we have a guest appearance, and Mike doesn't know who. That uh, episode will be a go. very short episode. <laughs> yeah, very short episode. Before we go, please, if you like this show slash podcast, please um, click the like button on YouTube. Subscribe. It's the only way we know whether or not what we're doing is is good and interesting and funny. Plus, it also lets the algorithms know that what we're doing is worth sharing with other people. If you are listening to us on like Apple Podcasts or Amazon or any one of the 50 other podcast platforms out there, please subscribe and like, and more importantly, review the show. Um, if you review the show, it actually tells, it tells the algorithm, you know, that we're worthy of a listen. So we appreciate it. We don't get money for this. In fact, all we do is shell out money for this because it's not free to do this, but we enjoy it so much that, uh, that we don't care. So, uh, but, uh, yes, please like and comment and all that other good jazz. Yeah, that'd be great. And with that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. Bored. That one wasn't that bad. That was horrible. <laughs>